Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Are you wanting more and maybe feeling stuck right now? If you're feeling anxious or maybe lonely as an entrepreneur, if you want to feel more alive and be surrounded by the energy of other people who are growing, who have a larger than life vision, this is for you. Introducing the Morning Mindset Club, the club that will impact all areas of your life and business, including how you do business, how you parent, how you love, your faith in the universe. The forward momentum is tangible here. So why join the Morning Mindset Club now? This is the final year that I'll be running the Morning Mindset Club live. I know, it's truly the end of an era. And because at this point in my career, I know everyone intimately in Morning Mindset Club. It's a community where you're not a number. I know your name. I know your kids' names. I know what's going on in your life. I know you. It's interactive. It's transformational. It's high touch point, And you truly feel like you're in the same room as the people in this community. You feel like you belong. You feel like we're walking together through the finish line and creating everything we desire. It's truly a game changer in life and business. It's changed my life. I like I'm unrecognizable. So don't wait. Don't push this off. Join us now in Morning Mindset Club and begin your next transformation and elevation journey. Click the link in the show notes for more information. And I can't wait to welcome you into the space to say that the body of work that we're going to be talking about today has made the biggest difference in my life as a perfectionist in recovery, a control enthusiast in recovery. (laughs) I'm going to say control freak, but we'll call it a control enthusiast. And really coming to this place of one of the things we're going to be talking about today is called loving detachment. And loving detachment is truly been a game changer for me. It's brought me so much peace. And we're going to talk all about these things. And I'm going to give you an amazing tool. So how I'm going to layer today is we're going to start start talking about how to deal with control issues. What is control? Why do we become controlling? Like what's at the root cause of control? And then after that, I'm going to teach you about some tips and tricks and tools and all the things. You're going to have tools all the way through. Because here's the thing, like I want to empower you to understand that Most of what we're going to be talking about today at the underlying core of it is that it's a trauma response from your childhood. Okay. Children are not born controlling. They're demanding, but they're not, they're not, (laughs) I I love the, the parents in the room, just the eyebrows raised just slightly like demanding would be an understatement. Right. Um, so we're not born controlling, you know, we don't come into this world going, you know, let me control every single thing that's happening to me. In fact, children are very much in the flow. 
they, they actually, when you look at the body of literature on flow state, children are in the flow. They're in the flow, they're in theta wave state, their brains are operating in a hypnotic state, they're very much taking in their environment. And as a result of certain kinds of trauma, we're gonna talk about that in a moment, we become as adults what we like to call controlling. We're either controlling of others and controlling of ourselves. And the reason we're controlling of others and ourselves is that it's always rooted in fear. So that's the first thing I want you to really get grounded in. So if I start going off on a tangent and you're like, What's, what did Adele just say? The notes will be in the chat. <laughs> she, she, knows when to, she knows when to write the notes, okay? So the first thing I want you to get grounded in, even just like close your eyes for a quick second, and just the groundingness for this control aspect that we're going to talk about is that control comes from a place of fear. It never comes from a place of love, okay? We're not loving. We're not in a state of love when we're controlling. We're in a state of fear. So let's talk about the four main reasons why you may be controlling. Now, again, the other thing I want to talk about, because some of you, most of you know me very well. You've been with me before. If this is your first time, welcome. Um, none of these words I want you to assign meaning to. Okay. We're not like saying it's bad or it's wrong. It just is. It's, it's really a default coping mechanism to something that happened to you earlier in life. Does that make sense? So I want you to take all the charge out of it. Like I literally, like when you can really own, Hey, like, like I'm controlling and I'm working through my control issues, it's much more empowering than there's something wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with you. This is all a coping mechanism. It's not who you truly are at the core. As a child, you were free. And then something happened or a series of things happened and you decided that you needed to control to feel safe. It's all rooted in safety. So here are the four main reasons why you may be controlling, okay? Maybe. So number one is childhood trauma. So the first part is childhood trauma. What does this mean? So... It could be that you had a controlling parent. So you modeled control after a parent. It could be that you were a victim of physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, any form of abuse as a child. And so you needed to control your environment to literally be safe. Okay. And as an adult, how it manifests itself is that you don't, you are controlling, especially if you've had any kind of emotional abuse as a child, if you had any parent that was a narcissist, any form of personality disorder in parent lineage. So I'll, I'm going to share my backstory too. But part of the reason I was so controlling is my mother is a narcissist. And so the only way that I could control my environment or control her was to control my environment. It was a reflex. Okay. Now, I could do a whole workshop on narcissism and I may do that at some point, but it is so much more pervasive than we actually recognize because there's so many different variations and degrees to it. So as I'm speaking here today, you might also recognize that one of your parents had some of these types of qualities. Again, loving kindness. We're not judging. It's just an awareness piece. So if, if you had a, a upbringing that that was fairly traumatic, emotionally abusive, or physically abusive, or you witnessed abuse in some way of your parents, control was literally the way as your, your, your child's mind 
staying safe. And as an adult, you're controlling because you don't want to appear weak and you don't want to have there be any cracks in your armor. Does this make sense? You are like, I don't want anyone to see my weakness or cracks in my armor. That's the first place that I see control come up for people. Second reason you may be controlling. You might have been neglected as a child. So we talked a lot about this again last time, but I'm going to say it here again because honestly, it's such a big deal. So the liter what's interesting about the literature around trauma is that neglect, and I said this before, as a baby, as a child, if you think about yourself as a five or six-year-old, emotional or physical neglect to a child is just as traumatic as physical violence. So if you were neglected, now what does this look like? It looks like even though, and this is where I find it interesting for people, and this is kind of the same for me, we rationalize and justify things like this. My childhood wasn't that bad, right? I went to good schools. I had a roof over my head. Yes. But if as a child, your parents weren't there for you physically or emotionally, a child will experience neglect, which is a trauma response. Now, what happens when they experience neglect? If they have to take care of themselves as children, they become controlling because they literally needed to in order to survive, right? You're like, my parents aren't around. I've got to be the boss. And so this is what manifests itself later on in life as being bossy. Anyone here been told they're bossy before? Just a few of you, right? Bossy because you became an adult way too soon. So this is a big deal. So the first two reasons for most people is related to childhood trauma. One is actual trauma and the other one could be neglect. The third reason that people can become controlling is that in their life right now, they're being controlled by somebody else. <laughs> so the third reason is that you're being controlled by someone in your life right now. So this could be a boss, it could be a spouse. Again, it could be a narcissistic parent. It could be an overly enmeshed parent. We're going to talk about enmeshment today. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, especially with narcissism and codependency. So if you've got a parent that's too in your business, you've got a, a spouse that's too controlling. So you're basically like in a response to someone else being controlling. So you have to go into this control reactionary response because you feel controlled by somebody else. Anyone here have that experience before? Someone is controlling you. So you're like, yeah, so you've, the only way you can exercise your power is to bring control back. Okay, and then the fourth reason, which I think is really fascinating, is that, and I've, I've observed this a lot because of the, most of the groups, we have women and we always have a few men, but most of the women, most of the people I, I speak to are women. So what the literature has said about this fourth group of people is that it's professional women, okay, who have kids. So they had a career and then they go to have children. Okay. And then they feel a little bit frustrated and bored in their life. Anyone here? Anyone? And they feel bored because they're not, their brains are not being utilized in the way that they are used to. So they then go into controlling behavior because they are basically understimulated. I think this is a huge percentage of the population of women who go into controlling behavior. Like here you are, you're like the CEO or you're like, you're doing some big things and then you go to have children. Yeah, Ev, exactly. 
you go to have children and then you're like, I should be really happy being a mom. This should be everything that I wanted. I don't need anything else. And then you recognize there's this whole other side of you that's not being utilized and you go into a, you go into over-controlling because it's the only way that you feel like you can get some kind of power back. This, I think, is a huge thing for a lot of women who don't even recognize it because we're then shamed for, but you're a mom, you should be happy being a mom, you should be happy being a stay-at-home mom and blah, blah. And so there's this shame and this projection of guilt around like, shouldn't this be enough? Anyone ever had that experience? Like this should be enough, but I don't feel like it's enough. Yeah, and then we go into control. Anita said, this explains my mother. Yeah, it will, especially our parents' generation and the martyrdom thing, thing, which is a whole other conversation altogether. So these are the four, basically the literature says, these are the four reasons that people become controlling. Childhood trauma, neglect, someone else exercising control over them. It could be a narcissistic partner. It could be an overly enmeshed parent. It could be a boss, right? And then the fourth is basically under um, stimulated people who have children, women specifically, who stay at home and don't know. And they're basically, they got the soccer schedules and all these things, but it's not what's feeding their cup. It's not filling their cup. Okay. So I want to give you two new ways to view control that I think are going to empower you greatly. This made a huge difference for me. So the, th the first thing is this control is not, is a, sorry, control is a defense mechanism not a personality trait. And some of you have heard me say that before, but I hope it lands even more powerfully today. Control is a defense mechanism, not a personality trait. So how many of you have walked through your life thinking you're controlling like a personality trait? Yeah, it's not. It's a defense mechanism or said another way, a coping mechanism. So what's cool about that, which can provide freedom already, is that if it's, a, if it's not a personality trait and it's really a defense mechanism, then it's a learned behavior that can become unlearned. We're going to start unlearning it today. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with you. You're not flawed. This is not part of, yeah, find the cause and be free. Exactly. And then I'm going to teach you two. And then not just find the cause, but you're going to realize what's exasperating your control today. The other thing about control, so the first is that it's not a personality trait, it's a defense mechanism. The second thing is that control is like a drug. Control is like a drug. What does this mean? Well, if any of you have ever tried drugs or know anything about drugs or even alcohol or any addiction altogether, you get, you have cravings for the drug or you have cravings for the alcohol, you have cravings for the control. So when you notice yourself having cravings to control, this is a sign that something is off. So that's gonna be a first clue for you, okay? So if you have cravings to control, what does that mean? Control your children, control this, control that, control what you eat, control what you, if you're finding you're having cravings to control, it's like a drug, you have to recognize it's kind of starting with mindfulness. Why am I feeling this need to control? This is the question I want you to ask yourself if you notice you have cravings to control. What am I defending right now? What am I defending? Okay, this will start to bring awareness to why am I having this reaction and response right now? I do this with food, yes. I mean, we do this with so many things. It is a learned behavior that will be unlearned, okay. So it's like a drug. So when you notice the craving to control, so I'll tell you how this shows up in my life, okay? 
And you're going to see here today that control or the need to control is all rooted in anxiety. Okay. So if any of you are suffer from anxiety, this is going to bring you so much peace. When I notice my need to control, how does that get manifested? Okay. Well, if you were to talk to my husband and my six-year-old son, it would show up like German engineer Adele. So basically wiping the floors down, like, like if there's a, a dish in the counter, it's like, it's like, Basically, the house looks like the maid came and cleaned it every 25 minutes. Like I go into German engineer mode. Okay. So when I start going into that level of control, like where, why are the socks there? What's happening here? Like the house needs to look a certain way. I notice I'm in anxiety. So this is now a clue. What am I, what's going on? What am I defending? What am I afraid of? What's happening? Nobody goes into German engineer mode. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about or over-controlling if they're feeling at peace. You get that. It's an anxiety response. So I'm sharing how it manifests for me. I notice like the dirt on the ground and I start to go a little bit crazy. It's not about the dirt on the ground. I'm feeling out of control. I'm feeling anxious about something. Likely nothing to do with the cleanliness of the house. So I want you to even think right now, how does your control get manifested? What, how can you see it getting manifested? What, what do you do? What do you say? How do you feel? Because this is all about awareness, but also I'm going to be teaching you tools, but you have to be in your body. If you're not in your body to even know what you're feeling, it's not going to make a difference for you. Okay. So let's talk about triggers of control because it's like a drug and a drug has triggers. Addiction has triggers right? Everything has a trigger. So how do, how does your control get triggered? The first place it gets triggered, my friends, is with stress. Stress, that five-letter word. Stress triggers control. So when we're, so think about the last time you felt stressed. That feeling in your body where you're like, yeah. It's like, like constrictive. So when we're feeling stressed in our life, it could be stressed with work. It gets to be stressed with the kids. Hey, listen, we're living in a constant state of stress now over the last three years. The base, the, the inoculation of stress that we've been under, I promise you, we don't even realize the impact of it yet. I don't even think we're going to realize it for five more years. And we've talked about this with so many people in the group who are physicians or frontline workers and me as a therapist, I'm like a backline worker, but now we're getting the influx of all the shit that's happened for three years. This is going to happen for the next 10 years. We've been under so much stress. Our body is in a stress response. So if you're already someone who's controlling, this is the perfect storm for you to go into controlling behaviors. So stress is the first trigger. What's the second trigger? Perfectionism. We're going to talk about perfectionism in and of itself here in a few moments. But if you are a perfectionist, then that will trigger your control because things need to be what? A certain way. Anyone here are like, if it's not done this way, it's not good enough. The dishes need to be done this way. Do you understand? How many times must I tell you people, right? When I start going into that mode, you know, my husband is now smart enough to be like, Honey, are you, are you anxious about something right now? Like we've learned how to communicate because he recognizes this is not me. There's something stressing me out, right? So 
perfectionism, when you're like, if it's not done this way, it's not, no, that, that is a sign that you're, that you're in, you're in an anxious state that you're trying to control something. The third one is being unsure. Okay. So this is another trigger for control being unsure. What I mean by unsure is mostly in flux. So if you're someone that doesn't do well with change, you don't do well with things being in flux, like maybe it's a transition for a career or you're just starting a new business or you're in a new relationship or things are sort of in flux. This could be a perfect storm for someone who's controlling and perfectionistic because you do not like things to not have a very clear bow around it. You do not like when things are not perfectly allocated in the way that they need to be. I say this with love because I am the same person. Like we're all here because we are all the same people. I'm just on the other halfway on the other side of it. So if anything's in flux for you, if there's change, if there's transition, this can also breed this level of needing to control, especially if it's coupled with your environment at home growing up was a little bit out of control. So this can trigger those feelings of, I don't feel safe if things are in flux. Anyone here not feel good when things are in flux? There's transition and you don't really feel comfortable with that yet. It's very normal. All right, the next, the fourth one is over-scheduling, okay? Over-scheduling. We're gonna talk about this when we talk about boundaries and saying no, which is maybe one of my most favorite things to talk about ever these days. Over-scheduling. So you're gonna realize that if you're a perfectionist, you tend to need to you over-schedule which we're going to talk about in a moment, but note, even think about the last time that your schedule was overscheduled, especially with things that you didn't really want to do. Think about the way that you felt in your body. Think about it. Did you feel constricted? Did you feel like you needed, like, how did you feel if you were overscheduled? And we're going to talk about how for women, it's such, we have such a hard time saying no because of something that's been coined human giver syndrome, where we give ourselves first before getting our needs met. So we overschedule because we don't know how to say no. My mom called, she needs me to do this. Okay. The kids need me to drive them to soccer practice. Oh, my in-laws did that. Like there's a million things that we feel we need to say yes to. And this is honestly, I believe one of the greatest triggers for us going into controlling behaviors. So I'm going to teach you how to say no powerfully today. I'm going to teach you about boundaries, being an act of love. All right. And then the fifth thing, yeah, frenetic. The fifth trigger for control is impatience. If you notice yourself being impatient, people, I see you. I've met you before. Yes, I'm looking right at you. If you notice, your <laughs> if you notice yourself being like, hello, to the clerk at Whole Foods and they're just trying to check you out. And it's like, calm your pants. You're going into controlling behaviors. I saw a woman at the Whole Foods the other day. I was literally like, you need to come to my workshop. I didn't tell her that I should have, but she was, <laughs> the woman was like scanning her things at Whole Foods and she's like, ah! I was like, mindfulness woman, impatience. That's a sign right there. When you are impatient with your children, when you're impatient with people, you're, you, first of all, you haven't met your own needs. You've probably overscheduled yourself. You're probably feeling stressed and anxious. This is a very good litmus test for you to go away a second. Is this making sense? Is this like the perfect storm? 
traffic impatience. Oh yes. Oh my, I swear to God, especially in Florida, the drivers here are so bad. My elbows on the horn the whole time. (laughs) It's just like the horn. Okay. But that's also, you don't do that when you're at peace. Now the fifth, the sixth thing, sorry, is anxiety. So at the core of every controlling behavior is anxiety. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry. A little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.